So to assume that, that it's okay to socially drink uh, lots of money, uh, lots of different amounts of, of, of alcohol is, is a wrong assumption. For those who like to use this verse, I have some words for you. Aquafina, Evian, Perrier. You, you won't have any issues with the water being pure if you drink those. Uh, so go ahead and go for that. Didn't Timothy, number four, say pastors or bishops should not be given to wine? Timothy reflected the, the uh, persuasion uh, and, the, and the Holy Spirit writing uh, concerning the qualifications of bishops, pasha, uh, pastors. Um, and he says, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, not given, or excuse me, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine. And so someone says, yeah, but that means not, not given to it, to where it overtakes you, to where you're drinking too much. Well, uh, in the Greek, again, the me paronian, which means not to be at, by, near, or with oinos. Not to be by, at, near, or with. And that seems to me to imply private or public association with wine. And so that's why I choose abstinence. Many people take this to mean uh, pastors not to drink in excess, but Timothy, I believe, says not to be around it. Well, number five, didn't Paul say it was okay for deacons to drink in California? I mean, in moderation. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filter, filthy lucre. Okay, wait, is this a double standard here? Pastors not to be given to wine, but the deacons not to be given to much wine. So maybe a little bit. Is that what this is saying? Uh, this addresses a cultural problem that you probably have heard about, but you're not, you're not associating with this particular thing. They used to have banquets in Bible days that would last for days, and in some cases, weeks. In Esther, we read about one that lasted for weeks and weeks and weeks. And what they would do is they would eat huge amounts of food, they would drink huge amounts of wines, and they would purge and come back and eat more and drink more and purge and come back and sleep a little bit and eat more and drink more. So they specifically had wines that had low content, low alcohol content, which is the way it naturally ferments anyhow, and they would drink a lot of it without it overcoming them and, and overtaking them. So to be, this may be referring to the practice of drinking lots of unfermented or lightly fermented wine made specifically for the purpose of overindulgence. So don't be given to much. Don't be gluttonous, in other words, with your food or with your drink. Well, you say, uh, last point here, you say, well, I don't interpret the Scripture the same way you do, and that's absolutely your privilege. And again, I don't have a, I don't have a 100% kill verse. I wish I did uh, that I could just whip out and just, you know, tattoo it on my forehead and go around and bang people with it. But I don't drink because the Bible has a lot of verses that condemn drinking. Many more, and you do your own Bible study on it, many more uh, than uh, talks about commending it. Secondly, drinking can hurt my testimony. Uh, I, I used to say, uh, there's this place down in IB, you guys will remember me saying this probably. I said, if I come out of the old plank inn, staggering out of the old plank inn, uh, anybody know where the old plank inn is? Uh-huh. Let me, wait a minute, let me take names. Okay, all right. I said, if, if I come walking out of that, establishment, you know what? Most lost people aren't going to say, oh, what a great pastor he is. 
man, he's just fantastic. So it, it could affect me and my testimony in a bad way. Uh, drinking, third thing is, could cause another person to fall. Romans 14, 21, it says don't eat meat, bacon, don't drink wine, or do anything if it might cause another Christian to stumble. That's a huge reason, in my opinion. If I were to drink alcohol, it would have caused my dad to stumble, could have caused my dad to stumble, and people around me. Number, the fourth thing, drinking damages my body. The benefits of wine. You hear about that on, te on television every once in a while, news report. We've got a study. We figured out if you'll drink one glass of wine a day that uh, you'll live 10 years longer. And uh, you know what they don't tell you a lot of times is drinking the purple grape juice does, has the same health benefit without the toxin and without the toxic effect of the alcohol. So you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know you're supposed to take care of it, so glorify God in your body. And by the way, uh, in, in one of the things I learned in pre-med studies uh, about 100 years ago, one of the things I learned about that, every drink of alcohol kills brain cells. Every drink somebody takes kills brain cells. I got a statistic here. Three bottles of beer, the average net loss of memory is 13%. Drinking alcohol affects every system, vision, reproduction, cognitive, heart, liver, kidneys, stomach, skin, immune system, behavior, judgment, coordination, concentration, speech, auditory symptom, taste and smell, it irritates your throat, the lining of your esophagus, muscles become weaker, the bones become brittle. I mean, every single system is affected. And by the way, they used to say, now I don't, I don't know if this is still, they still say this still, they used to say nervous tissue does not reproduce. Uh, does not repair and reproduce itself. For example, if you have a spinal severed, spinal column severed, it doesn't grow back together. It doesn't knit back together. So every drink you take is going to kill off some brain cells. I don't know about you. I need both of them. I still got. I need both of them. So I don't need to be doing that. Drinking also places my stamp of approval on alcohol for my children and grandchildren. And what if they have a predisposition for it? Which leads me to another thing. Drinking can become addictive. Some have a physiological propensity. It's like I said last week. Some have a propensity towards homosexual relations and attractions. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Some have that built in within them. Well, some have a physiological propensity towards addiction. I believe I have that, uh, uh, that propensity towards addiction. In 1, Timothy, uh, 1 Corinthians 6.12, all things are lawful to me. But all things are not expedient. All things are lawful. I will not be brought under the power of any, which means enslaved. So do you want to take a chance? Because um, every alcoholic starts out with one drink. Everyone. So the motive can't be justified. To fit in, the peer pressure, to escape from stress, to get high, to find comfort. Uh, people who drink to drown their sorrows need to know that sorrow knows how to swim. Yeah, and you know what? I, 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 it's not that I don't want you to have fun, folks. It's that illustration. I don't want you to get out in the street. I don't want you to get run over. I don't want a, a car to crash in on top of you. I don't want you to be in the driver's seat of the car that crashes. By the way, did that guy walk away from that accident? The guy who was drunk and drug, he, and, and, and drug influence walked away from the accident, but he caused untold misery to, to dozens and dozens and probably hundreds of other people. Everything I need can be found in Christ. Alcohol is a poor substitute. He, he said that, that we're to, we're to absolutely uh, 
renew our minds in him. We're, we're to dedicate our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Be a transformed by what? The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. You say, well, everybody's doing it, preacher. No, I'm not. She's not. You can find in Jesus what you can never find in a bottle of beer. Be filled with the Spirit. I don't drink because of what's identified with alcohol, because I don't believe a lot of good comes out of it. I believe there's a lot of bad that comes out of it. And I got some statistics again. I don't know if they'll just roll off of you or what, but, but it contributes to 90% of assaults. Alcohol does. 90% of college rapes involved with alcohol. 88% of deaths related to fire, alcohol. 85% of all homicides, alcohol. 80% of prison incarceration has to do deal also with alcohol. 75% of all divorces, alcohol is an ingredient. 70% of all fatal falls. 67% of attempted suicides, 65% of child abuse cases, 61% of felony assaults, 60% of sex crimes against children, 52% highway fatalities, 50% of spousal abuse. You know what? I got a whole ton of these things. You're not going to remember them. I don't remember them after I read them, but I just know that it's not good. Ruined lives, countless tears, sorrows, broken homes, lost health, lost finances. I don't know how many times I've sat in offices and in hospital rooms and jail cells or in the, in the visiting areas. I've not been in the jail cell, the actual cell. I don't know how many times I've sat with people whose lives have been ruined because of alcohol. And I cannot for the life of me see why it was worth the risk for me to do that. There is one statistic I want you kids to understand, you young people to understand. 42% of kids who begin drinking before the age of 14 become, will become alcoholics. Another reason I don't drink. Great Christians I know of didn't drink alcohol. Billy Graham didn't drink. Kay Arthur didn't drink. James Dobson didn't drink. Jerry Falwell used to be an alcoholic until he got saved. He didn't drink. Bob Bright didn't drink. Campus Crusade for Christ. You want to make a difference in the world? You want, you want to, you want to, you know what? I'm not saying you're going to go to hell if you take a drink. You, you won't go to hell if you take a drink if you're a Christian. Make sure you're going to heaven because alcohol is flammable. Okay? So if... <laughs> I don't drink because I think not drinking is the only way I can be absolutely sure and safe that I'm not going to become addicted to alcohol. Romans 14, uh, 23 says, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. If you're if, if in, if in doubt, don't do it. And I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to even take that chance. Can you say that drinking alcohol is 100% safe for you? I don't know. The last thing, the law of love supersedes the law of liberty. Can you go out and drink? Sure you can. Sure you can. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. I have a responsibility for my literal neighbor. I have a responsibility for how I live my life in front of all of you. I have a responsibility for how I live my life in front of the people who walk by this church or 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 that I run into down at the grocery store. I'm going to love them enough. Alcohol has not that, got that big a draw on me to where I want to do that because it makes me feel good or whatever and not worry about them. The law of love says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews, to the Greeks, to the church of God. 
And just as I try to please everyone, Paul says, in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they might be saved. And then in Romans 14, 13, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Verse 21, it is good not to eat drink, not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. This is pitiful. I don't feel like I did the subject justice, but I want you to pick up the handouts in the back. If you want to copy of the message, again, I will give it to you. I want you to bow your heads right now, and I want you to think about this. I want you to, I want you to do this for me. Now, I cannot convince anybody of anything. I know that. But I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. I want you right now to say to the Holy Spirit, God, do you want me involved with alcohol? Do you want me to drink socially? Do you want me at work or at home to be involved with this chemical substance that we call alcohol? Just ask him. If you ask him in all sincerity, do what he tells you to do. I'm going to love you anyway, either way. And I'm going to try to preach what I believe is the truth for your own good, for your own benefit. Think back at times when you've had difficulty with alcohol, if you have had. Was it worth it? Are you willing to go through that again? Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, that we would be in the world but not of the world. I pray that you would help us to understand. Lord, I pray you'd take these faltering words, these too many words spoken in too short a period of time, and that whatever you want to lodge in the hearts of your people would lodge there. I pray, God, that you would raise up some men and women who you're going to use mightily, who are willing to let the law of love trump the law of liberty in their lives. And God, I pray that you would help us not to fall victim to anything, anything that would ruin our testimony or maybe influence someone in the wrong way or cause us grief or cause your name to be soiled in any way. Father, I ask you, to work in our hearts right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Haven't talked a lot about salvation today. This has been a consuming topic for me, but I want you to know something. Whether you drink or don't drink or ever have or ever will, you need to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to know that he loved you and he died for you on the cross and that he will forgive you of your sins if you ask him to. So I'm going to ask that Rachel be over here and Pat, and I'm going to ask that, uh, yeah, Fitz, if you would come on over here. And if there's some reason you need to come forward, if you need to pray, if you want to trust Christ, if you want to join the church, if you want to be baptized, if you want to just talk to somebody, they're here to do that.
So would you let the Holy Spirit move in your life? If there are people between you and the aisle, they will gladly step aside. Just excuse yourself. Come on down and do whatever it is God wants you to do. I don't know what to ask you to do on this. You, it's up to you. It's up to the Holy Spirit. As we sing our invitation, come on right now.